Now, let's say, let's compare this guy to the eight. Do you think he likes his job? I'm just asking. No, no doesn't look like it. <laughs> kind of bored, I think. Let's say that the coin between his legs was what he got paid oh. versus what the boss gets to keep. He might be spending less time working than he is philosophizing about the inequalities, the perceived inequalities of it all, or of life. Right. Same image, just different ways to see it. Exactly. The reason why is we don't want to go around changing the meanings of the card, but if we see different ways of seeing it, it's kind of like the Five of Swords. And if you don't have the Five of Swords, I want everybody to stop, get the Five of Swords. we got the guy with all the swords, and then the other guys in the background like, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, I, I went through my entire life going, this guy's a bully, he's a jerk, he's a jerk, he's a, he's a horrible person, because he's got that sneer on his face. And one day I woke up and went, wait, what if this guy was the protagonist? Sure, his his motto or his credo could be, you know, you win through intimidation, or he could be the hero. He could be like, you guys, come on, let's go fight. Like, no, I'm afraid. Or you can do it. Or maybe it's tough love, you know. Um, so if we look at the card from different positions, if we step inside that card and we're not afraid to ask those people questions, I want to go into that seven of coins. I want to ask him what's going on. I want to I want to look at those coins and I'm going to say, okay, you're doing pretty well. I mean, you're, you you found a way to make money grow on trees or a bush. What are you afraid somebody's going to come take your patent? You know, like like the person who invented the mouse over at uh, Xerox. Well, this is dumb. We'll just sell it to Apple. Nobody wants a mouse. Um, you know, just trying to throw different different ways of seeing it out there. Um, or we could just look at this guy and go, man, he's just, he's not working. So, it's not, not so much that I want you to change the meanings of the cards as much as I want you, as we go through, not necessarily every time, but as you go through exercise 1 and 1A, over time, try to make sure you're not seeing the same thing in the card all the time. And sometimes this will be easy and sometimes it will be hard, but if you do this, I promise you, when you're out there in the real world, read, real, real world reading, this one little skill, even before you start blending and going from one to another and, and uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff, you know, aspecting cards and opening up cards, this one thing be foundational and it'll make your lives so much easier and as as uh, ish ish was the latest one just just the other day she's like oh my god i got a 50 dollar tip this is a girl who was afraid to give readings just a couple months ago she she had talent and skill but she this is not how she was brought up she was brought up uh, with doctoral degrees i mean all her, her parents were ridiculously smart and um, and she's, you know, college student, university student, everything's facts and numbers, facts and numbers, and now she's got to open her mouth and just allow the voice of God, so to speak, to just come out of her mouth, 
and and didn't have the trust and she did so well that her, her clients are crying and, and hugging her and telling her how great they are and, and throwing money at her um, this is what I want for you guys and it all comes from literally we study and study and study and we definitely pay attention to the traditional meanings of the cards but when we're reading we just throw our hands up in the air and go okay whatever and just let it come out of our mouth and sometimes we'll look at it and go we're literally looking at ourselves and go did I just say that and while we're wondering why we said what we did our client is going oh my god oh my god oh my god wow you're the best ever like okay uh, a little creepy here but, uh, thanks okay do you have any questions Mark uh, I'm sorry Mike before I run over to Desiree no that was that's very helpful Thank you very much. By the way, thank you, everybody. Uh, Desiree, let's wrap this up, and then I'll do a little end cap. Um, okay. How about the uh, Eight of Swords? Oh, fun, fun card. <laughs> now, okay. before you tell me what you see, okay. just throw out one possible meaning. Um... I want to see if you get it. Something. I'm just curious. You may be tied up in a particular situation, um, and you're so biased, you can't see the right answer, what's right in front of you, the obvious. Wow, that beats the hell out of right. what I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> is that right or wrong? No, that's brilliant. <laughs> I was going to say Patty Hearst. Everybody's like, what? Oh, wait, what? wait. I'm going to say a kidnapping victim. Oh. But, but... Wow, you know, I never looked at it. Like I'll have what she's having. Can I have some of those smart pills? Desiree, that was really good. I like that. Okay, so eight of swords. Um, Physically, what are we looking at? Okay, or what do you see? Physically, what I see in the cards, you have a woman who's bounded. Um, her arms are bounded, and she's blindfolded. She has one foot in the water and one foot on land, and it seems like there's swords around her, behind her, and on her side. Um, to me, that looks like, uh, you know, like she could be hopeless or trapped, but she's not really trapped because she could take move forward and get out of that, um, the surrounding environment. Right, now that could be just, that could be bad artwork. You know, because again, remember this was a rush job. Mm-hmm. So this could be bad artwork. Also, see how she's tied up, but but I get this from a lot of students. Well, she did it to herself, meaning, you know, how can she possibly be bound? But then again, if Pamela had taken the time to show her hogtied, we'd all be horrified. Like, how could you possibly draw something like that? So we got to be careful when we make assumptions that she can get out of this. Okay. But but no, I, I don't want to shoot you down, but I just want no, to... No, 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 that's true, because my original thinking is, you know, she she feels that she can't get out, but from an outside observer, perhaps she can get out. That is very good. Of the situation. Now, um, what do you think about that city-state, that castle way in the background? What does that say to you as far as where she is. That's what I was trying to, like a remote location. Right. It's like, like, like 
help is far away or she's alienated or she's she's far from home do you see how the implied distance could could say any one of those things yeah yes again depending on the rating or the nature of the questions could all be different matter of fact uh i'm going to ask you one more thing and then we're going to change up real quick uh, because i just got an idea so I, you're doing great, and I don't mean to cut you short, but uh, I want to... matter of fact, I'll pay, make you my first victim. So one more generic meaning, and then we'll have some fun applying these to situations. Generic meaning to this card? No, I'm sorry, one more card. Oh, okay. I, I, I uh, how about the five of coins? Happy, happy card. All right, well, I'm just going to call you Little Miss Sunshine for all the happy, happy cards you're bringing up. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm just so literal. Anyway, so five of coins. I see. No, I was joking because you came up with I the eight of swords and the five I know, of coins. I'm joking, but I'm just so I'm just a serious type person. Girl. And so, so right. So, five of coins. What I see in the picture, you have two individuals walking in des- inclement weather. Um, they look kind of poor and tattered you know, if that's a woman in the front and behind her is tagging a handicapped person. Um, he's injured. He looks like he has a bandage around his, uh, head. And in the background, you have a church, I'm assuming. And so what this means to me is these are people who are in need, um, or they, uh, they, they could be sick or in poor health. And they're walking past the church as if they didn't notice it. Whereas a church could be a resource. They could go in to get out of the cold um, and get help. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, what else do I see? So this could be somebody who is blind to the method of their own salvation. Yes. Like, Stop shooting yourself in the foot, Junior. Like the concern so so much with their situation they can't see beyond it or outside of it and that's funny because it's it's it, when we study astrology i'll show you how it works but we get so involved like it's a very natural thing it's it's literally biological ish can tell you about this because she's like a, you know brain surgeon and all that stuff but it's biological that the more stress and the more uh, pressure we get, the more we need to focus on what's right ahead of us. Well, when we're focusing on what's right ahead of us, our mind, it takes so much of our mental acuity, so much of our resources, that we literally are blind to what's around us that may help us. So, I like what you've said. I can translate into any number of things in real life that I've seen in my own life that I've heard about others. So this isn't some, you know, ooky spooky, oh, this is going to happen to you. You, if you were presented with a situation, I could see you pointing and saying, that's why this and this and this. So that's, that's a very good start. Give me, tell you what, let's make this a happy card. Let's, same card, same two people, same church. Oh, I got it. I'm sorry, I'm going to steal your thunder. Oh, okay. 
You know what's on the left, what's on the right side of the card? The right side of the card. Is the door to the church. See, you don't see it, but right off the edge of the card is the door. They're like, oh, thank God we're out of the snow. So they're they're about to solve their own situation and improve, improve their situation. Right. It's like they've been wandering the- and they're right there. They're going into the church and then it's going to be warm and 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 there's a fireplace inside and there's no snow and, and food to eat and whatnot. And those pinnacles that are in the picture, does that represent some type of tree of life or something? Again, but- that's a good point. Um, it looks like uh, Wait was trying to shove in a, a little tree of life symbol there. Um, which again, take it with a grain of salt. On the on the top, you can see like two towers, off to the side, one to the right, one to the left. In between that V, or I mean, on the other, not in between, on on either side of that V for the five, the Roman numeral. Um, but yeah, it does look like a navy anchor or a tree, maybe a tree of life, especially with all the leaves there. Um, and again, the Pentacles were uh, something that Mathers, uh, Sam. Samuel Mathers, who liked to think of himself as Celtic, even though he didn't have a Celtic bone in his body, uh, it was all you know, pomp and circumstance to him. Uh, boy, and again, you guys gotta stop and Google the images of McGregor Mathers, or I'm sorry, Samuel Mathers, in his robe, looking all like, "Look at me, I'm important." Um, it's scary. I, I I hope that when I'm dead, they never find pictures like that of me. I've got nothing against getting up. I love costumes. I love, uh, that's probably a little too much information. Um, you know, I love playing dress up, uh, whatever, you know, I Renaissance fair, Rocky horror. Yeah. Ooh, yay. I was, you know, I was 20 at one point. Um, th- but the thing is that I hope that there's never images of me parading around in my, I'm so important robes. Because it devalues and diminishes any common sense wisdom that I've dis- distributed or disseminated. And Mathers, his stamp is all over this artwork because he was so influential on weight, who in turn was, you know, pushing Pamela around and telling her what to do, which of course, you know, boss employee. Uh, um, but also remember that it wasn't just that Pam was hired by weight. It's that this was a a quasi-religious, uh, well, actually it was highly religious, um, spiritual gathering of people where the guys at the top, like Mathers, were, were all powerful. Only they got to speak to the so-called secret chiefs, what we call the gods, or, or God, if you want, or you know, the spirit guides and whatever, they, again, that was their, they were polytheistic in their interpretation in that sense. Um, but only Mathers got to allegedly talk to the invisible beings. So that put him in a position of power, and it was like you either believed or you weren't allowed in. So there's a lot of in this particular deck which was the grandfather of all modern modern tarot decks pretty much I'd say pretty much because there's a couple of decks that do spin way out and and really try to escape uh, 
the the old writer or or the weight symbolism, but so very few in the town. I mean, so very few aren't entrenched in this. So yes, is this a tree of life? I say yes, but you have to take that with a grain of salt and and just realize that the the megalomaniac behind the creation of this, behind the creation of the creator of this, you know, again going back to Mathers. Um, he had his hand in this. So don't let his perversions influence you too much. Just always be a little suspicious. Does that, is, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So let's have some fun doing this and then we'll wrap it up. Um, Dominique, would you give me a card, please? I don't know. I think we lost Dominique. Either or she muted herself. Okay. I'm going to ask Rebecca. Are you around? I'm around. Give me, uh, give me a card. One, one through ten. You know, one of the cards, please. Let's do the Seven of Cups. Okay. I'm going to pop up Seven of Cups. Ooh, lots of choices. Real quickly, give me a quickie, generic meaning. Just kind of like, well, it looks like this. Um, could be daydreaming, could be overwhelming <clears throat> choices. It could be the mall somewhere where you have lots of different things to choose from. Nice. Um, How about you're present, I'm like, you're suddenly presented with all this. Because see how he's kind of like, oh, oh my God. And then the one guy pops out of the middle. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So that's good. I like that. Now, Catherine, can we have you back? I think Catherine muted herself. Catherine with a C. I don't think Catherine has unmuted herself. I'm sorry, I tried to unmute. Unmuting. Uh, Dominique, are you around? <laughs> She's Catherine tried to unmute. Okay, I want everybody to unmute, please. And while you're unmuting, I want Sarah to. You're going to be our client. Sarah, hi. Hello. Welcome to Dusty White's Reading Emporium, where we service you, uh, we fleece you for a service. Um, or, uh, I'll very uh. a good slogan. What whiny, complainy problem are you bringing to me to solve today? I don't think my boyfriend really likes me. He doesn't really pay much attention to me. And he totally forgot my birthday. So I would like to know, um, does he really love me? What, what What's going on with him? Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Catherine with a C. Um, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, Yay. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> okay, you heard Sarah's... Yeah. I'm crying. Ah. Okay, and then this card pops up, but here's the thing. While you were shuffling, you were listening to Sarah, and what popped in your head was, what's going on with this guy? And that's when the card flew out. So let's pretend that you said, what's going on with this guy? And the card came out in answer to that specific question. Relating to Sarah's question of you. Yes. Now, in that context, how would you interpret the card? Are we speaking of the Seven of Cups? 
Yes. Okay. Um, well, in that context, I might think that he is actually thinking of other people as well. So he has a number of different relationships going on. That's what the Seven of Cups would make me think. So he's got some choices, and maybe that's why he doesn't seem very attentive. Wow, I'm pretty devastated right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, Catherine. <laughs> well, now, does a person, when you are reading the card, you put it... I mean, you might want to put a nice spin on it. <laughs> um, maybe he's confused <laughs> and doesn't know what he wants. So... Catherine. Yes. If you see a truck speeding towards your cat, <laughs> yes. are you going to say, Mr. Kitty, um... Think happy thoughts. Or you can say, hey, you stupid cat, get out of the way. Knowing that you're not angry at the cat, but like right. you're just going anything to get your cat from not being hit by the person. Because you have no control right. over the truck. All you can do is try to scare the hell out of the cat to get him out of the way. Mm-hmm. That may seem a little extreme, but there's a statement that says uh, something to the effect of forewarned is forearmed. So, if you see something bad coming down the road, rather than painting a sunshine and rainbow on it, what if you help Sarah understand that maybe? And again, I know we're we're just going off of one card here in an imaginary situation, so Mm -hmm. we can't just automatically assume that this is going to be. But maybe, maybe we might. We might start to see that this is the wrong person for Sarah and mm-hmm. that she is in danger of bleeding her life of eight years with this mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Sarah, it's can you imagine time. eight years out of your youth of, <laughs> of you know, the, and no offense against age, but I mean, like, the time when you were looking to start a family, this guy wasted eight years of your life because... You were so clouded. It's like, no, baby, no, baby, no, baby. And you're like, well, and so you didn't. And here's another thing, Catherine. Mm -hmm. What if Sarah knows? Mm -hmm. What if Sarah knows but doesn't Mm -hmm. want to believe? Mm -hmm. And she's coming to you for verification. If you say, oh, no, no, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Now, A, either she thinks you're, you're a liar you might have actually done damage to her mm. so I'm not saying we should you know, I will I will be a lot harsher with you than I want you to be with your clients but mm-hmm. that's because I'm instructing you so that you have clear thoughts and then you can make your own decisions but when we deal with our clients we may want to you know sugarcoat things a little bit we may want to put on our kid gloves mm-hmm. I mean if we're going to be punching them in the nose with reality we may want to do it politely but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take them by the hand and tell them yeah it looks pretty bad because mm-hmm. there's always alternatives you know 
Sarah can't make a move forward until she addresses this. From here, she can dress more sexy. Or she can say, that's stupid. I'm not going to enable that behavior. Or I'm going to find somebody who wants me more. Or I'm going to take revenge on him. I mean, again, whatever Sarah chooses to do is Sarah's perspective and prerogative. Our clients, we can't, we can't just tell our clients, you have to think happy thoughts, you know, because people are people. They're going to do what they want to do. We can try to guide them. So we mm-hmm. have to be honest. We have to be helpful. We can guide them. But ultimately, it will be up to, to Sarah how she is going to uh, uh, move forward with this information. <laughs> so we just don't want to place judgment on her. You know, but you know, by we don't place judgment on her by saying, "Oh, we see this, and we know she's going to be upset, so we shouldn't tell uh, her, or we should put a spin on it." Right. And I'm not pointing out specifically that you did this, but I, but you brought up a point that I see over and over and over. So I'm glad we got a chance to do that. Cat, uh, are you around? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Kat. Sorry, I didn't mean to ignore you. I want to do the same question, same card, but but now you're shuffling, and Sarah's like, okay, I wonder if my boyfriend loves me. Um, and let's say you were daydreaming, and because something just made you go, what? What's going on with him? Like, let's let's. Let's not say he was cheating on her, or, or let's uh, let's try it a different way. Let's say you got the sense that um, you needed to know what's going on in his mind about life itself. Mm, that's funny you should say that because that's actually where I went with this when you when it first oh, when we first brought it up. I Sorry, I looked at up, it. By the way. No, no. <laughs> stole my words (laughs) but i looked at it as uh his his life is very complicated he's making some important decisions in his life and he is distracted by them so that he's not paying her the attention she feels she is due this happens all the time and we do see this is we get distracted by things external mm-hmm. and and here's another thing if he's in a relationship it is it is not a given but it happens all the time that let's say a man because I'm, I'm going to put it the onus I'm going to put a blanket statement on men by doing this but let's say the man is like yes of course that's my girlfriend look do I love you yeah I told you last week that I love you now I got to <laughs> go to work so he may look at her like a rock like I don't have to worry about her because I've got to worry about all these other things. Mm-hmm. So he's so wrapped up or so distracted, like like exactly as you said, that he he doesn't realize he's ignoring her. He doesn't realize that he's turned his back on her. Yeah, exactly. Kind of the way I saw it, yeah. And again, I didn't mean to step on what you said as much as I wanted to just point out how we see exactly what you said play out in real life all the time. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, and this could be more a case of um, 
offering uh, suggestions as to, you know, some people just need to hear from their other partner. She needs to just say, hey, remember me? I'm still here. Yeah. Or sometimes. Sarah, tap him on the shoulder. Make him mm-hmm. turn around. Yeah. And sometimes it's a case of maybe there's something she can do to lighten his load so that he is more present in their relationship. Interesting point. I like I like both of your takes on this. I like Catherine's and I like Kat's different take on the same card. Mike, um, pull out a card, 1 through 10, and we're going to literally throw it at Sarah and say, now, the question is, before you do that, because uh, I'm sorry, I want to step back for a moment. Mike, let's come up with a question that you would ask. You know what Sarah has said to you, and as you're shuffling, you're kind of shuffling, you're kind of listening and thinking, because you can't help but think while you're listening. What are you thinking about this guy, and what pops in your mind? What would just for your curiosity alone? What What's the question that comes up in your head? I think what what I kind of hear in the background of Sarah's question was that she's already perhaps wondering about his commitment because her wow. birthday became kind of like a test. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's serious business. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's sort of like you knew, you knew your birthday was coming and you were waiting to see whether or not he would fail this test. As another, as another example of his um, not caring. Okay, so hold that question in your mind and just pull out a random card and then we will pretend with all seriousness that that card came out in response to, like the gods were like, hey, you're thinking this. Here, here's a little bit of advice. They're kind of trying to coax you along. They're trying to show you where that line of, of thought goes and then tell Sarah what you think. Okay, so I just pulled out the three of coins. Okay, I'm going to pop out the three of coins here. So going back to your mindset, try to keep walking down that road and see if the three of coins says anything to you. Well, let's see. I'm kind of thinking that perhaps when you approach a guy like this man impresses as being, um, that you you kind of have to go through his work or his planning side. You have to kind of see that, that he's got things. Uh, he, he's kind of a thinker type and a doer, not so much as a feeler. And he could perhaps step on people's toes without knowing it. Okay, now, here we haven't, and this is a perfect example of how the tarot works. We don't always get question and answer. Oftentimes we're, and this is way down, like month, nine months from now, I'm going to show you guys how to brainstorm with the tarot. But this is a little sneak preview because Mike just did it. Mike was thinking and thinking, and the tarot augmented his thought process so now the tarot didn't give us an answer as much as it hopefully opened your mind and made you think a little bit more and gave you a little bit clearer of an understanding of the situation 
So let's say that that happened. Now turning back over to Sarah. Let's say it's like you're reviewing your papers and you can say, my findings indicate, and then please go from there. So this is for me to tell Sarah this? Well, like this is kind of my conclusion of what I'm what I'm seeing. Yeah, because you had a good us. thought and you saw oh, what okay. was going on. Try to give her some advice. Like take all okay. that knowledge and then try to simplify. No offense, Sarah, dumb it down for her. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, okay, let's say, uh, Sarah. It seems to me that you and your boyfriend or fiance have put a lot of effort into a relationship. And you're starting to feel like he's maybe taking you for some for granted, maybe uh, things that are his other concerns are kind of in the, in the forefront. And you begin to wonder if maybe this is not the right guy for you because he doesn't seem to be sharing his feelings so much. And particularly forgetting your birthday is like forgetting you because exactly. that's your day. And mm-hmm. it's something, and particularly some people have a really strong attachment to their birthdays, and some people don't. So I'm wondering if it might be a more productive way of doing this for you to maybe sit down with him and say, um, look, this is something what I'm feeling. I don't think you dislike me anymore or, you know, have a, you know, are having an affair or anything. But I'm wondering if we might um, have kind of an agreement that uh, birthdays and anniversaries and holidays are going to be special for us. And you're going to have to kind of make that as a priority. Hmm. And you hold a writing crop over his head when you're saying this. <laughs> That's right. Like, just, I'm, I'm being polite, but you you understand the weight of my words. <laughs> if you don't do it, then we're over. Right? <laughs> what I like what Mike just did, and I hope everybody's paying attention because it was very subtle. None of us, none of this was Madam Cleo. None of this was cross my palm with silver. Mike sat down literally. He saw. He listened to Sarah. He was processing the information. He reached out psychically, said, God, I need an answer, got more information. Now he had information and he could turn around to Sarah intelligently and say, here's what it looks like. Here's a recommendation. That was, this is how you do corporate consultation. This is how you get people to take you seriously. And again, I love gypsy costumes. But I guess everybody does. That's why it's so stereotypical. However, when we're talking about like real life and how we go through life, a lot of us are going to wear a suit and tie. Or if you like me, ratty pair of jeans. But we're going to respect and approach our clients as intelligent human beings who we are conversing with not who we're trying to impress with our amazing BS. Do you guys see how Mike, his method of, of, of this was so far removed from the stereotypical stuff we see in movies? Uh, does anybody uh, 
not think that, uh, or, or is he, let me just, I just ask a blank statement. Dominique, are you back? I think Dominique can't unmute herself. Can you? No, I can't. I can. Dominique, what did you think oh, about Mike's presentation? Uh, I thought it was very eloquent. I wish I could speak like that. <laughs> yeah, um, you use your words good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how he um, explained everything uh, from A to Z. I'm going to come back I to elaborate? you. No, Can no, I'll me? come back to you in just a moment. <laughs> okay. But I, I got a huge uh, $64 question for Rebecca. Uh-oh. <sighs> Is Sarah being a high-maintenance princess? <laughs> so, draw a card based on my judgmental attitude and let that card guide you. Um, okay, I have the three of wands. And so in response to that is Sarah being a princess. Um, I think maybe she's brooding. Nice. Uh, if I'm looking at this as being from her point of view, this card being about her versus the dude. Yeah. Uh, she's just kind of looking out there like, ugh, I don't, you know, he's not paying attention to me. Her, she's got her back turned. Um, so in some ways I would have to, to say maybe she's making a mountain out of the molehill in this particular situation. And also, uh, what do you see what do you see about the boats and the distance? Um well maybe you could say he's out there working. He's really busy. He he screwed up. He forgot the birthday. But, but do you see the emotional distance? Does it look like she's alienating herself or feeling alienated? That's that's an excellent way of looking at it. I was looking at those as more of, of him being the enterprise. And maybe he is. Being really busy with whatever it is that he's working on. I was just playing off your brooding. Oh, sure, yeah. Because it kind of goes with it like they're so far over there. She, When, when we see – we don't see the people on the boats. We don't see Fred and George and, and whoever. We see a boat that kind of dehumanizes everybody who's on the boat. That's the same thing as an emotional distance. Like, it's almost like everybody else is having fun. Or or look at all those relationships out there. Why can't mine be like that? Yeah. God, Sarah, grow (laughs) up. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's my birthday. (laughs) Hey, it was really important. Thank you, Rebecca. I wanted to put you on the spot. Okay, Desiree, real quick. Do you want to take a stab at this? Okay. Uh, Give me a card, and uh, Dominique, do me a favor. I'm going to pair you guys up. Dominique, you're going to come up with a question after all of this. Sarah told you all this. What would you ask the cards, Dominique? And then I'm going to have Desiree pull a card and answer it as if she was the one who asked the question. Okay. Um... Should I break up with him? Nice. Yep. Ooh. Okay, I pulled the Ace of Swords. Oh, ding, ding, ding. And <laughs> folks, that's... I'm here that's all fine. week. <laughs> that, <laughs> I think this is one of those things where you talk about comedians always go out with the biggest laugh. Uh, I think this is where we need to wrap that up because... Unless you want to go into great detail, uh, 
Desiree. I think. Can I pick another girl? No, no. Oh. See, that's the thing. She asked a really crazy question, and we got the giant middle finger card that this is like, <laughs> I am the holy sword of justice. It's like, that's not a yes. That's a hell yes. See, that's where you drop the cards and go, $50, goodbye. <laughs> that, there's get, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then you get sued for alienation of affection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Does anybody have any questions on how we're, you know, just to take a look at the cards and kind of let them because i'll tell you a secret what we're doing is we're letting the cards speak to us we're i mean i've, I've couched it as in we're looking at what's in the cards but noticed is when we had something to relate the cards to it really was a lot easier now that's a trick from uh, AT, oh, i don't like trick that's a technique from ats it's called cards and scenario but all we did is we took our basic exercise 1A and we just applied a scenario to it so it was more like real life and it, it was easier than reading generically now I don't want you to stop just doing exercise 1 and 1A because otherwise you get too reliant on a situation and then you'll start slipping into bad habits but does anybody have any questions about, about this or do you guys feel comfortable in doing this yeah, I think it's good. I, you know, I do have a, a quick question. I hope there's not too convoluted of an answer, but okay. I noticed in the book, um, the first book, that you annotate these cards as to odd or even. And I don't have an appreciation, a personal appreciation for that. Right. But you found it noteworthy. Can you mention a little bit about it? Okay, point an example. Um, oh, well, any of them. I mean, no, the when you say when I did odd or even, the only in time your I book did... you you annotate every card as odd or even. You know, ones are odd, twos are even, three is odd. Oh, okay. I was thinking you were either talking about the yes/no spread. No. Or no. at the very back of the book. No, just the prime elements. Okay, and you and you me, label them as odd or even, and and let's, I let wondered why up. you thought it was significant enough to write down. Okay, so I'm going to look at. Um, I'm looking for the word odd or even. So I'm, I'm of course I went to a, a court card seven. Right. Okay. If anybody's listening, uh, let's say page one sixty. We've got the seven of cups. What I did is I put prime elements at work at this card. Number, suit, direction, element. Yeah. So that chart there, that little table of number, suit, direction, element, this is ancillary information mm -hmm. where I want you, I want the advanced students to be able to take these into consideration and see if it applies to their understanding or if it helps explain it. Um, calling or pointing out that the number seven is odd or the number six is even, there wasn't any hidden information there. And the reason why I stuck it in the table rather than in the traditional 
or the reversed meaning or the description or anything else is I didn't feel that it was necessary uh, no not necessary that's a bad word I mean it's a, it was a bad choice of words I didn't feel that it was uh, important I didn't feel that it was um, um, of paramount importance I felt that it was um, a little extra tidbit that you may want to or not um, okay take now, into consideration take into consideration thank you I can't find my words but let me tell you uh, if you choose to use it here's the seed or the kernel that I was drawing off of. If we look at it from a mathematical point of view, we're not talking numerologically, we're just talking like pure math. Mm -hmm. Um, Even numbers mathematically represent like a plateau, a flat plane, an an equilibrium. think Think like a flat surface, a platform. Okay. You know, um, it, almost like the yin yang, it's a correction, um, like one two, one two, one two, where the odd number is always the instigatory, maybe the unbalancing or unbalanced, or the step. And, yeah, and the even is the balancing or the uh, uh, like breathing in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. So in a cycle of two, and we could have cycles of two, three, four, obviously, but I didn't want to point out too much of that, uh, but it's a good, I'm really glad that you, you paid attention to that because I honestly figured that nobody had ever even looked at it. <laughs> I, I thought that the chart would people like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, don't, don't let, as a matter of fact, anything in my book that you don't like, take a nice big black Sharpie, or well, any color Sharpie, but black or later, just, just cross it out. And ignore it. Um, but in that sense, um, all I wanted to do was give people the option, if it suited them, if it if it helped them understand that the mm-hmm. odd numbers, again, this is a huge blanket statement. Yeah. All things being equal, odd numbers tend to be destabilizing, as in... Um, stepping out from rest and then even numbers are coming to rest almost like um, uh, in electromagnetism it would be like a positive impulse and then a negative impulse mm-hmm. um, alright anyway uh, great question wow I, I love you guys you guys are smart <laughs> I hope that did help though no that did it, that did actually helped a lot Sorry, it took me a while to, to get to where you were because I was like, what, what? Oh, and then I had to, so I had to look at it and go, oh, yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Uh, Rebecca, Dominique, Catherine, you got any, any questions at all? I do have a question. I'm just uh, thinking back to Sarah's example question. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope I hope it's not too long of a question. But, yeah. um, okay, so my thinking on that Seven of Cups, like my first impression was like oh he's involved with other people maybe um but then how do i how do i it seemed like the others the other ideas were more workable and so there's there's like you know alternatives for the card but do you take the one that occurs to you and then figure out what advice comes out of your idea? Um, 
maybe I should have. We said- are. This is way ahead of where we should be on pay, on day one. Oh, okay. No, I'm just, no, I'm just yeah. what I'm about to say. Okay. So if anybody gets lost, don't worry about it. But if this makes sense, then this will be good preparation for what we're about to what we're going to go into. Uh, there's a pecking order and a process of divination. Yeah, well, there's a pecking order in the tarot. There's a process uh, in divination, and and they both refer to the process of divination. Uh, when I say pecking order. So, we're going to break it down. Sarah comes to us with a question, and then we want to be relaxed, so we want her to be relaxed in as much as possible, so that she's not overwhelming us. Now, you say, well, I'm not overwhelmed by people. When we are shuffling our cards and reaching out to the universe when we're we're literally in a very receptive state that's where we want to be we want to be an information sponge well if we have sarah right in front of us and she's feeling these just you know she's gripping the table she's so angry at this jerk it's it's her birthday you know i I understand Uh, i'd have his head on a plate so, so it was my birthday, not if it was her birthday. So, um, it, we would like in a perfect world. So this is what we do: is we try to get her. Uh, again, we don't. When I, uh, <laughs> I keep catching myself, I was going to say we try to get her, her to relax. But by saying that, I'm implying. I'm afraid that I'm implying that we're actually forcibly trying to do something to her. We want her to be relaxed, or we don't want her stressing us out. And this also allows her to um, communicate better because we are going to need a little bit of information from her. Um, it is an interactive process. So we relax. While we're doing that, we're shuffling and we're making small talk, but we're not just making small talk. We start shuffling immediately or as, or as soon as possible and we talk to her and allow her to tell us what it is that she wants to know about. And if we're not clear, um, I might ask, like, well, okay, so I don't understand. So, Sarah, you've been in a, re- you are in a relationship. This isn't just somebody you met. Yes. Okay, got it. Uh, now, I might not speak that way, but I'm just making it very short now because the parrot is speaking, screaming in the background and driving me crazy. <laughs> um, so I'd ask her things like, you know, okay, how long have you been in the relationship? I feel that's a fair question. Now, I'm very anal about we don't do the stage magician thing. We don't extract information from our clients and feed it right back to them. That is absolutely not what we're doing. However, get, having said that, now we can go over and talk like, you know, intelligent people and say, we are having an intelligent conversation with our clients. We're going, okay. You're here for information. Let me make sure I've got this right. So you're in a relationship. Um, tell me a little bit about this relationship. You know. And so what she's doing is we're developing a psychic and psychological bond with her that allows us to, to translate the image in the cards better. Because literally, look at these cards. You can look at your cards that you have out in front of you. They got nothing to do with reality. They're a bunch of cards from a hundred years ago, images from a hundred years ago, that were faking Middle East medievalism. I got that from Holly Valley. I just love that uh, statement. Uh, that I mean, we're talking trying to twist an allegory to fit somebody's life. 
So intellectually, all we can do is screw it up. We can probably give her advice, but we're not paid for advice. We're paid because we have the ability to reach into the ether and pull information that other people don't have. So to do that, yes, we're relaxed. Yes, we get information from her. We give her information. We get very lightly. We're not we're not going real deep. We just want to get a basic understanding of what it is we're talking about. You know, are you here for a relationship? Are you here for work? Ah, okay. You know, your your job. Okay, so we know we shuffle, 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 shuffle. Now, when we shuffle, we're waiting for that little thing that says, oh, the cards are just right, or if a card flips out, which we will talk about more in depth, but I'll just for right now, for the sake of this argument, we're going to say that it's sacrosanct that all cards that flip out are, are perfect. Later on, I'll clarify that, but again, not on day one. So, okay, so the card flips out, we're like, hmm... Now we're going to read that, or we ding, and then we get our, and we're reading our spread. Um, what we're doing is we are allowing the meanings to wash over us, because we'll look at the cards, and almost always, almost always, our first instinct is this makes no sense. That could be a fraction of a second, or it could take up to two or three minutes, depending on how long we've been practicing, our... Uh, bond with our client, whether or not we asked a very good question, whether or not we asked any question or not, especially we did, oh, just tell me anything. We don't do blind reading now. We're like, uh. So we got to get past that moment of intellectual processing. And this is why knowing what we're after, knowing what we want to answer really helps, and broadcasting that information out to the divine, saying, hey, you out there, this is what I need to know. And politeness counts, but we're being very insistent. That way we get a nice, clear message. We get the right cards, the cards that, that just jump out at us and say, oh, okay. Now, getting all that answers your question in the sense that at that point, this one card or several cards or whatever, will there there will be something inexplicable at that moment. I'm, I'm talking about, like, this is exactly what you'll see. If you were in that moment, you'd, you'd say something like, in your own words, there's something inexplicable about this. You could say, well, I can point at the different symbols. I can point at, at what I'm feeling. But if you had to, like, analyze it and, and bring it out and say, this is a scientific process that is going on invisibly in the universe that brought this card to my attention and made me think this, that would be very hard. So in that sense, there'd be something inexplicable that's going to make you feel something, that's going to make you think something. Yes, we absolutely want to have studied prior to that. We want to have studied the basic card meanings, and we want to have practiced all of these exercises we're going to do. This happens to me, this happens to you. Blending, um, aspecting cards, friends and enemies, all these different things we're going to learn. Because when we're actually giving the reading... We're going to have that psychic, mental, and physical muscle memory. We're going to, oh, I've been here before. So it's like riding a bike. We're not going to be focusing on the on the wheel, front wheel wobbling or, or maintaining our balance. We've already been through that point. We're at the point now where we have a, a general idea how the bike works. We can keep our balance. And so, oh, my God, there's a jump coming up. Well, we know how to do that. We're like, pedal, 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 hold the wheel straight. Ding. And the next thing we know, we're like, wow, that was really easy. And that's what all this training is about, is 
let's get all of the hard part out now, which isn't really that hard. It's just a little disconcerting. And so we relax, we do it, we do it, and we go, this is crazy, I don't know if I get it. And then when we start giving readings, we're just stunned at, wow, I'm getting good information. And then over the next couple of months, as you read for more and more people and you get more practice, you're not just going to get good information, you're going to get information that is so detailed and so accurate that it's scary. It scares other people. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And it'll scare you too. You go, where does this knowledge come from? And then this is why you got to understand you're accessing minds, you know, God, that are so much more intelligent. Because what is it uh, Hamlet said? There's more. I, I can't. The parrot has got me. He's going crazy. I can't. Just can't do it. What is it? Uh, you'll. Pardon my butchering of Shakespeare when I say there's more to there's more to heaven and earth uh, than dreamt up in your philosophies, you know, Horatio. Uh, and you guys can correct me on that. But that's that's literally our brains are only so big. We're like a computer. Computers are great, but there's not a computer in the world that knows everything. So like our brain, our brain, we know a lot. But when we can access, when we can go out and like literally connect with the psychic internet, maybe that's what's happening. Is we're just like psychically connecting with the internet as far as like um, a way of uh, describing how it's working. Um, we're tapping into stuff. So our cards are our modem, our <laughs> cable modem. They just, all they are is that little thing, they're our modem, our router, our connection to the cable company. They allow us to get out there and explore the virtual real estate and go, oh, I need information. And, you know, our little psychic feelers go out there and they find the right information and it comes back. The whole point is that the gods put the cards in order because it's the, it's the stimulation of our visual senses. Um, that sparks that thing in our head that makes the in, you know it's again uh, that that sparks the thing in our head that makes our mouth say things, so it's like the spark plug ignites the gasoline which is mixed with the air which forces the piston down which drives the crankshaft which turns the axle which makes the wheels go round which makes us drive a hundred miles an hour and get a speeding ticket. That stupid spark that that was like like a flint little spark is what is the cause for our speeding ticket. And that's how you get yourself out of uh, out of trouble with the law. So I hope that that wasn't too convoluted. Did that help out, Catherine? Yes, yeah, I, that gives me something to think about. Thank you very much, uh, Catherine, for uh, fixing that. We're in heaven and earth right here. Thank you. Uh, anything else you guys need to know? Otherwise, uh, we will convene here next week. I thank you so much for this. I know we ran a little bit long. I'm going to split this into two recordings so that people don't have to listen to this. Uh, but you guys, this is exactly how you go about doing it. And after you guys practice on your own a bit, we're going to institute the study groups, and then we'll go over this, and then from the study groups, then we'll we'll find the best people to study buddy with each other. And it's not that I don't want you studying with other people right now. It's just that I've been through this before. And lest we have a circus, I'm hoping that you'll work with me on this. Mm-hmm. Last minute questions, anybody? Uh, I just have one quick question. Yes. Um, I was staring at all the aces 
-hmm. And I was just curious if it's possible that the aces could be like powerful I statements. Like the ace of swords would be like, uh, I am. And the ace of wands, like, I will. You know, and the. Absolutely. Matter of fact, I think that's a very good Jungian way to look at them. Um, I feel, or I give, or I I support. You know, the Ace of Cups and the Ace of Pentacles. <laughs> I have. Yes. You know. Um, now, one thing about the Ace of Pentacles that I really like is just want you to think about this. I'm going to let you guys go with this. Think you're walking down the street, and um, God comes out of the sky. Again, I'm going monotheistic here, so if you're polytheistic, don't don't take it. I'm just playing to the crowd. Uh, monotheistic, big hand of this guy comes out and says, hey, here is everything you ever wanted, and drops a, what is that, a five-ton, I, I, I don't know, I, how big is that thing? Five-ton hunk of gold on the ground. Now, granted, you dodge out of the way, and it falls over, flop. Thanks, God. What do you do? I mean, given the fake medievalism, we don't have any. We don't have a steam shovel. We got swords. We got cups. Okay, first you got to cover up the gold so that nobody finds it while you run to town to buy a shovel or a pick to start breaking parts of the gold apart so that you can move the gold home because you can't drag it. Then if somebody catches you working on your gold and they're like well it's a lot of gold why don't you share you're like what you weren't here god gave it to me oh oh i'm sorry god gave it to you yeah that's right do you see how what looks like such a blessing can be such a burden yeah just just throwing it out there so just think about a different way of looking at these is look at some of these cards quite literally just just to shake it up a bit all right, next week we're going to do everything, but we're going to do it reversed. So unhappy cards will be not so unhappy. Happy cards will be, oh, crap. You know, for example, two of cups. Yay, hot date. Two of cups reversed. Wow, I struck out with her. All right, thank you guys so much for being here. You have a wonderful time, uh, and appreciate you guys taking time out. Um, next week, text me right before we get together. You know, let's all just send me a text on Skype. I'll set up the room. We'll invite you all together, and we'll do it just like we did today. Great. All right. Thank, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.